Hi there, this is Terry, and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. Today's chat is really special to me because this guest has been a personal inspiration of mine as I pursue my dreams of getting into the animation industry. Back in 2017, I wasn't finding my career as fulfilling as I thought it would be, and I'd always dreamed of doing something creative instead. Right about the time I decided to quit my job and pursue animation, I discovered Underpants and Overbites, Jackie Davis's autobiographical watercolor webcomic about her tiny life in Rochester, New York. I immediately fell in love with her work because she was on the same path as me, just a few steps ahead. She had recently quit her job as a barista to figure out how to make a career from webcomics. And at the time, she didn't have a lot of followers and wasn't making any money, but she had an amazing passion which led her to figure it out. Today, Jackie has nearly 150,000 followers on Instagram and her income is fully sustained through her comic. So in our chat, she's going to reveal the whole story, from what she had to sacrifice to the stresses of not making any money for a whole year, to trying a hundred different things, to finally discovering what works and building her audience step by step. This is an amazing listen if you're sitting on the edge of a dream you haven't yet pursued and you don't know where to start, or you want to hear firsthand what someone else went through to get there. But first, I have a sponsored message to share with you. This episode is sponsored by my friends at Bloop Animation, which is an online animation learning platform packed with premium online video courses for aspiring animation filmmakers. They have courses for all major animation programs like Maya, Animate CC, Toon Boom, Blender, TV Paint, and many others, as well as some non-software courses like a storyboarding course, animation foundations course, and even one about making graphic novels, which covers absolutely Absolutely everything you need to know from start to finish. Their courses are all in video form, so there are no deadlines or application process. You simply just pick a course and start learning in seconds. They even offer a free ebook titled Making an Animated Short, which covers their entire process step-by-step of how they made one of their films, from coming up with the idea, to storyboarding, animation, and all the way to exporting the film. And you can get that book for free at bloopanimation.com slash animation industry. And you can check out their complete course library at bloopanimation.com slash courses. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into the chat. Welcome to the podcast, Jackie. Thanks so much for coming on. How are you today? Oh, I'm pretty good. It's Friday afternoon, so uh, I'm just ready to hang out with you. Talk about comics. Uh, great. I'm so glad that you spend your Friday afternoons hanging out with me and me hanging out with you. I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, the... a, it's a two-way street here. <laughs> and also, like, it's the pandemic situation, so we don't have much else to go out and do on a Friday night, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I'm actually, like, I was really looking forward to this. because I get to Me too. I've been person. following you since, I guess, the start, pretty much. I found you right near the beginning when I was doing my own watercolor comic. And I want to chat all about that. So maybe let's roll it back to the start and figure out where things started from with you. I know that in your comic, you talk about this coffee Jackie a lot. So who was that? What were you doing with coffee? How did this lead to your now infamous infamousness? <laughs> uh, oh, that's flattering. Sometimes I question, you know, the you're pretty famous on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, uh, I I am just a mere worm. But I will try to inhabit a more uh, vertebrate space. <laughs> yeah, a greater, maybe even a snail. But <laughs> um, I would say it started like, I mean, I, I went to art school and then I just worked in coffee for like 
eight years, I think. And I mean, I did other stuff on the side. I worked in a screen printing shop and I made a lot of like birthday cards with art because I'd gone to school for illustration. So I was like, well, I got to illustrate stuff, but I didn't. Oh, and I illustrated editorials for a magazine for like a little bit. And they traded me a light box so that I would wear a helmet because I always biked there. Um, they like begged me to wear a helmet and I was like, okay, I'll do it for you. And, uh, then I got a light box. So that was a cool step up, but yeah, coffee Jackie was just, she was just me, but I really wasn't that good at my job. I liked the customer service part of it, but I always had a lot of frustration around working for somebody else. And so you were, you were working there for eight years did you decide like this is like why were you there for eight years if it if it wasn't the best suited for you and you're doing other stuff on the side well I worked at uh it actually wasn't one space it was like maybe four coffee shops like I worked on one in Syracuse and then I moved to Austin with Pat uh the purple guy in the comics and then I worked at a really hip coffee shop but I couldn't like keep up with that so they let me go from there and then I worked at this Oh, I worked at a coffee shop in an office building in downtown Austin. And all of my employees were like, or all the coworkers were like so much worse at stuff that I was like, who is gonna take charge? And then I was like, oh my gosh, I am. And so that's how I learned to like be a more responsible person because someone would like leave the toaster oven on all weekend. And then I'd be like, whoa. I got to, someone's got to do something. But so then I, I had like an incremental amount of work ethic. And so then it could translate to another coffee shop in Rochester, which that was probably my, like one of my favorite spots to work at because I don't know, it was just fun. And I like the culture of it. And honestly, I like interacting with people. So it's interesting for me to hear this because it sounds like you were very tied to finding jobs in coffee. Why were you not finding jobs that were more related to your illustration degree slash where you are now? Um, I think I didn't find any jobs related to art because I wasn't really qualified to have them. And I didn't super believe in myself at the time. But also I made a very conscious effort to separate like the art I always wanted to make was for myself. So I made a very conscious effort to not have an art job and then get home and be tired of art. Um, and then, I mean, that's the hypothetical that I could have even gotten one of those, which is very unlikely. You know, it's not like, well, I never want to work at Pixar because otherwise I'd be too tired to make comics. It's like, I couldn't have gotten that job anyway. But I made a conscious effort to work in coffee because I'm really good at waking up early. And those are my favorite shifts to take. And not a lot of people loved those. Um, free food, good tips. And it was just fun to hang out. And it was nice not having like a big party culture. It was just sort of like muffins and, you know, you get out at noon and you're like, well, goodbye. <laughs> See you tomorrow. So. So, so tell me the story of how you transitioned from coffee to underpants and overbites mm. um well when so pat and i moved to austin after we both went to syracuse for illustration and when we lived in austin um it felt like 
like just couldn't catch a break. You know, I was like, oh. but it was part of my attitude too, just in coffee. And then we decided to move to Rochester because it's like a smaller town and we have relatives around here. And it seemed like a nice opportunity to just borrow some Tupperware and free furniture and sort of like figure it out. So when I moved here, I worked in coffee and then that's when I decided like forever I was like, okay, I want to make art. But I didn't know that I wanted to make comics because I hadn't really even heard of comics. So after moving to Rochester, I think we've been here for like six years. Pat was like, yo, you got to check out some graphic novels. And I was like, whatever, man, Spider-Man, not for me. But then I checked one out at the library and it was amazing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do this. Uh, That one was, I think the first one. Okay, I did read the whole Walking Dead series. And I like nearly lost my job because it was so hard to stop reading it. But the the one that I was like, this is what I want to do with my life was Blankets by Craig Thompson. Uh-huh. And it's all about a young, it's like him. It's like a super revealing memoir of him as a young man falling in love and sort of out of the church. And I was just like, this is, this is amazing. So... That kind of sparked the combination of it, like combined all the things that I'd been doing on the side, like drawing funny characters, keeping a diary, telling stories, seeing comics. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I can squish it all together. So um, yeah, I guess your comics now are kind of like your your diary stories illustrated thing job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's like a very strange piece of my life that's like put onto paper but it feels like using all the parts of my brain to tell a story and it's it's really cool but I think that kind of makes it sound easy like oh I found graphic novels and then I was like wee I got it all figured out but it's actually super hard because honestly finding the thing that I admired was just so intimidating because as soon as I put my pencil to paper it was like oh, I can't do this. It's like hearing an amazing musician and then being like, I'm going to learn to play guitar. And it's kind of depressing. But so, so then take me through the moment where you decided to drastically change your life around and pursue this as a career professionally, as also like, you know, you were doing cards on the side before and you read some graphic novels. How did you suddenly say, this is this is what I want to do, and then given your letter of resignation to the coffee shop. <laughs> um, I think I saw social media as this like new democracy of if I could get enough people to follow my work, then maybe I could support myself through comics. And okay. I I think it's cool that there aren't really any gatekeepers, and so I was like, I'm gonna make. I mean, the gatekeeper is like the algorithm, but I was like, I'm gonna make tons of comics and hopefully people will like them and I'm going to turn that into my business and see what happens. And that's easier said than done. But to start out, I, I mean, before I even made underpants and overbites, I just started learning about comics. And so I rented like hundreds of graphic novels from the library. And then after a while I was like, okay, I've read enough of these. I think I need to try to write some stuff. So then I rented 
a few books on making comics. And then I think I decided to just draw for like 15 hours a week, even if it was kind of bad. Um, because it was just really disappointing to try and draw comics and have them not be what I wanted them to be. Like I had all these fantasies of just telling my life story or like reading my diaries and turning them perfectly into comics, but it it was a lot more arduous than so, that. So you were still working in the coffee shop and then doing all this like intense research, 15 hours a week drawing on top of your job, et cetera, on the side. That's really impressive. And and I guess you had like a maybe a fire in you that you were like, at some point, this is going to be my career. Like, how did you have the confidence to know that this was going to pay off somehow? Um, I mean, it was definitely like a blind confidence of like, this has to work. But also like, I really put all my eggs in one basket. Like my, almost all my 20s were just, they were serving coffee. And even my mom would be like, you know, why don't you get one of those office jobs? And I was like, mom, I can't like, first of all, I can't. But second of all, even if I work for 40 hours a week, then I won't have time to make comics. So if I work for 30 hours a week, then I could like find that balance. But I mean, it was pretty, there were a lot of like precarious points of it not looking so good. And it's just a lot of work to get it to work, you know? For sure. Yeah. And, and like, obviously it didn't pay off immediately for you. Um, but what, what did you have you said you put all your eggs in one basket. What what were those eggs in your basket when you handed your handed in your resignation letter that made you feel comfortable to do that? Because like quitting your job is a really like I did that and and for my business job to pursue animation and it was like a really tough emotionally charged like decision that I had coming for like a year. <laughs> oh so, yeah. Tell me about tell me about that for you. Like, what was in your basket when you you said I'm doing this? Uh, yeah, my basket was like, I I think, I mean, I had I bought myself some savings bonds when I was a kid, and so I cashed like every I cashed. normal child. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a weird little kid that. Well, I actually used to like sell greeting cards door to door with cows on them. And then, of course you did. <laughs> and then I like took the money and bought my future self some. You savings made enough bonds. money from selling greeting cards with cows on them door to door to buy yourself some savings bonds that paid off for you twenty years later. Yeah, I think I, you know, I, I had like, I bought myself a thousand dollars in savings bonds. That's what it would it would amount to at the end. So I think I bought you know six hundred dollars or something and like cow card money that is insane to me that you you you, still, <laughs> you know people some people probably still have those in like their they're like in a shoe box in their closet with all their greeting cards <laughs> oh yeah probably although like yeah I, I i had some left over and they'd just been like following me everywhere i moved and i was like i just i gotta get rid of these and then i recycled them so they're gone now but I am free. Okay. Okay. So you, you had some, you had a savings bond, a cow savings bond. <laughs> what else? <laughs> um, I think I'd made a comic every week yeah. for like two years. And so then, I mean, I can't really remember like how many followers I had or how much money I was making, but I was at this point where I was like, okay, I could probably live for like six months and then like, I just have to make some money 
to yeah. to pay for. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It helps, like, Pat and I got married, and then he got a job as a teacher. Right. So that was definitely, like, one factor. I mean, we were both like, ooh, this is kind of risky, but it's it was nice because there's health care on that end. And so it wasn't, like all of my eggs in one basket but I guess I mean like my identity eggs which are like <laughs> I I don't know what else I would do with my life if I didn't make comics um yeah I think that's a really I like I think that's a really good point and I also like that you said you were drawing every week for two years like it sounds like you kind of proved to yourself that this was something that you could do going forward instead of like you know just jumping in kind of cold feet and not knowing what to do <laughs> yeah I think I quit at the point where I was like coffee is really getting in the way of ah. me doing this where I think other times it's like like for a while coffee was like I don't know there's like you have a good point about um like I think some people they like make all the packaging and the branding and then they're like time to quit my job and run my business but the business doesn't even exist Got my website set up <laughs> yeah and it's like ooh, that ee, yikes like the logo doesn't really matter you gotta have other stuff so I definitely had like the engagement maybe a comic running in a magazine and Rochester's not that expensive so it was right. like so you're seeing some kind of checkmark success things along the way yeah and you know what's pretty helpful is like I mean, you said you quit your job, and I imagine it was a lot higher paying than my job. Um, so it was, like, helpful to quit a job where I didn't make that much money anyway. So, the, like, the the bar wasn't like, I will never see this much money again. Like, it it was like, eh. I I kind of had a moment like that where I was like, I'll probably never see this much money again. <laughs> but in me, the, the reason was, like, uh, the, when you said identity, like animation was so tied to who I knew I was and I'd been putting off for so long that I realized that I'm never going to go back fully to the business world. I'm I'm going to pursue animation regardless if I get paid nothing um, or something, hopefully. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, yeah, it was like, a, I was like, I have to do this no matter what. Like I, if I don't do this, then I'm not doing something with my life that I love. Yeah, so. totally. And I, I felt like I'd made that choice to work in coffee anyway, because like I loved it. You know, it's fun. It's free food. <laughs> lots of like joking around with coworkers. Like I liked the activity. You know, I don't miss the like garbage water uh, that explodes out of a trash can when so, like a hundred people have like poured their coffee into the trash to then like top it off with creamer. Um, but it even that was a choice. Like, oh, I love this more than working in retail yeah. or more than working in HR or something and I think other people find their niche some people just love like analyzing data but I'm like uh coffee was the best thing that I could it was like the best like waiting room that I could pick and so I was already like trying to do something I love and then when I found comics it just blew everything else away and I was like I gotta do this like with my life so how did it feel the moment you actually made the decision like in your mind oh man well actually I was like gonna work for a few more months like after Pat got his job he was like okay you can like you know why don't you quit in June and then it was October and I was like Pat I gotta quit tomorrow <laughs> and, he, and he was like "Ooh," and I was like I just 
just have to. And he was like, okay. And so I put in my two weeks. And then after my two weeks were up, they were like, can you work one more shift tomorrow? And I was like, oh, okay, fine. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, then after that, I didn't, I didn't work there ever again. So, so you said Pat was was uh, pretty, well. It sounds like Pat has been amazingly supportive. Um, but how did the rest of your network of support react? Like you said, your mom was always like, "Gotta find that office job there, Jackie." Like, <laughs> did everybody react kind of the same as Pat? Because you had already been doing this for like two years. I think with any kind of creative thing, there's always going to be like. You know, it's so unconventional that people are just going to be like, okay, you know, and I mean, now people are just like, oh, this is great, but it is hard. It's a hard sell to be like, I'm going to draw potatoes for the internet. Like one time my uncle was just like, you want to make money like with this? And I was just like, yeah, man. He was like, okay. Like, it's like, you don't really believe it till you see that it exists. Yeah. And uh, but they were pretty supportive. My family's really you're you're not putting yourself into an established job path already. Like you're you're figuring it out for yourself how it's going to go. Right. Like, did you know exactly how you would be making money through comics when you. So. so, (laughs) So I guess you figured it out along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I um, like part of the story is that I met my friend Nick and he had taught me um Nick Gerwich makes the Perry Bible Fellowship and then he lives in Rochester um and so at one point before I even started Underpants and Overbites but in between like after I found comics and before I started my comic I was like I reached out to him and then found out he lived in Rochester so then we would hang out once a week it's like I feel like everybody knows his comics. I like I knew them for so long ago because he had that random website where it was just like a list of each comic, and he'd put out one every decade. <laughs> um, so, so how did that happen? You just reached out to him, and he was like, "Sure, I live where you live. Let's hang out." Yeah, pretty much. Like he was working on this Kickstarter book, so then it was all like scratchboard, um, you know, and he traditionally makes comics but he was trying a new project so i think he saw my comics as like he would like look at them and be like oh these look so fun i remember (laughs) what fun used to be so there was a little bit of like i think vicarious exploration where i'd be like oh i got this idea and he's like oh cool you know move move this around i'd be like okay but um yeah so that was super helpful but i was gonna say he made a living with comics and he's like totally independent so it was i didn't know how i was going to make money but just seeing that he could and i mean we were like Uh two totally different creatures but seeing that it was a possibility was really cool because he'd be like oh i'm just packing up this original to sell to a man in panama and i was like what and (laughs) so like that was cool um and sort of showed me that it is possible even if it's like rare and kind of unconventional do you think it takes somebody quitting their job and putting all their eggs in one basket like you to find this kind of career path um i mean i don't think that has to be the case for everyone but it definitely had to be for me because i already spend basically like all of my time doing this you know and now i'm just 
I'm starting to build in like the concept of like a vacation day. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what regular people have, right? Like I could I could maybe do that. But I, I mean, I think a lot of artists have like a lot of webcomic artists, I think a lot of them have day jobs. Honestly, I don't know how they do it because yeah. I can only do it by not having a day job. That was that's a that's a good point too. Like when I was deciding if I could work and pursue animation, I was like, I don't have the mental capacity to do both really well. I have to choose one or the other. And if I choose if I choose like my business marketing job, then my animation's always gonna kind of be like lackluster because I don't have the time to spend on it and it'll never go anywhere. So I was like, I have to put all of my eggs into animation so I can build up my skills more quickly instead of like over a decade. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. And like, I mean, I barely have time to like live, you know, like I make comics, but like, dude, my kitchen floor is just like so dirty and there's like spaghetti, you know, just where the stove is. And I mean, probably everyone has that problem, but, but just like I do, I clean my house, but also like I, I, this is my full-time job. It's so time consuming and I, I do want it to be like accelerated and I, I don't want to be um, yeah I don't want to work anywhere else because it's hard enough I guess my point is it's hard enough to like just sweep the crumbs off my couch and still make comics and be a human being so I can't imagine if I worked anywhere being... so can you can you take me behind the scenes of a day in the life of Jackie like like what what is what does a typical day look like for you that's a good segue because i was like starting to sweat by like oh, no. telling, you, telling you how gross my house was um <laughs> well, i was gonna ask you about that spaghetti but uh we can deflect from that <laughs> it might it might be applesauce i'm not sure you might see that in next week's comic <laughs> um a typical day is i try to wake up at like so like we got like ideal days and then we have like I melted kind of days because they can't be perfect. But an ideal work day is like I wake up at six and then from 630 to 730 I do yoga and then I like walk around my block like it's a commute because now I do yoga in my house. So I used to like walk away and then walk back. But now I'm just stuck inside. Um, and then I eat breakfast and then I try to, ooh, sometimes I shower. Um, and then I try, I try to get to work by 8.30, uh, get to work. And then I work from 8.30 to noon. I'm usually, like, standing up at the standing desk, and I wear a camelback, and I drink water out of it. Oh. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that sounds like an adventure. What are you doing during 8.30 to noon? Is it all drawing? Are you, like... Like, are you just massively producing comics by the thousand? <laughs> it depends on the day. I think I try to have two business days and then three comic days. Cause I have ah. to, so on like a business day, I like pack orders and send emails and format PDFs and who knows, order more stickers, uh, like refile my tax information because I filed it wrong, like all that kind of stuff. And then on a comic day, yeah, I'm just writing and inking and drawing. And I, I set like a 90-minute timer and then draw for that amount of time and then take like a 10-minute break and then do it all over again. 
Oh, wow. That's really committed. Like I, I found that when I work from home, I'll, I'll like just go with the flow. Like if I want to draw for half an hour and then take an hour break, so be it. Or like do something for three hours and then take a five minute break. So be it. Um, so I, I also, I, I have a ton of questions about like the beginning years when things were maybe a little bit more of a struggle or whatnot. What was, what was like the biggest fear in your mind from the moment that you were doing things on your own to the point where you really felt comfortable doing this? Uh, I mean, I don't even know if I feel comfortable now. I feel comfortable because other people tell me to feel comfortable, but personally, it's like a real roller coaster. Like, one day I'm rich, the next day I'm broke. Like, one day I got it all figured out, the next day, like, I read a reason someone doesn't support me on Patreon and it says, I don't like this art anymore. And then I'm like, ooh, how? Um, so it's like, it's a real roller coaster, but it is definitely more established. I would be, uh, it would be silly to not, you know, accept that fact. But I would say early on, my biggest fear was just, what if it doesn't succeed? Like, what if I don't make any money? And what if I have to go work at a coffee shop again? Which is a fine place to be. Yeah. But um, honestly, I kind of was just like, this has to work. So as silly as that sounds, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this happen. So you were actively trying to find out how to make it happen like every day or just kind of like hoping for the best and doing what you do naturally oh dude every day just trying to like you know print stuff try a new show send emails be in a magazine i took like 50 commissions of cute couples and then eventually i made enough money somewhere else that i didn't have to take commissions anymore and then i'm like okay cool um and then i went to comic conventions and all kinds of stuff but I was like this has to work this is my only option and I really like I really can't stress enough how helpful it was to have Nick as my mentor because I would be like Nick who am I and he'd be like excellent like it's <laughs> happening <laughs> like, yes yes very good Jackie like this is phase Four. And I'd be like, oh. <laughs> my brain. Um, so it sounds so. like you're trying a lot of things. Well, I, I, I was also following you and I remember when you're taking commissions and like you were published in a magazine, you're doing like these little these little potato jackies around Rochester and stuff. What was the biggest thing that paid off for you that led you here? Was it a combination of everything, like getting the word out there? Or is there like one thing that kind of you did repeatedly and it, it kept paying off slowly? I mean, I would say the biggest payoff is, I think it's really fortunate that my comics are of, of this time. Like they're about, they happen to evolve to be about mental health, which is like a very popular topic and they just feel very like relevant. And I think the world is ready for like an, authentic voices in create in creators like i don't know if this would have worked like 20 years ago um but it like feels charlie like brown was like the main thing when what charlie brown was the main thing 
Yeah, and it's like my comic didn't start out with that intention. Like I started out with like, you know, it was a diary comic. Yeah. But it was more gag based, like, oh, Pat did something funny, I'm gonna write it down. And then after I wrote like that for like two years, and it's still good work. I'm not like, oh, this is, you know, I'm so embarrassed. Like I think it's great. It just doesn't have as much like narrative about itself. But um yeah, writing about Gag comics for two years really helped me like with pacing and timing and word balloons and all of that stuff. So none of none of it's like lost. It's all valuable. But then I did the hundred day project, which is a hundred comics in hundred days, and it was like so uh, intense that I couldn't rely on like situational things to write about. So I started writing about my childhood and like my brain and all kinds of things. And so after that was sort of this evolution into sharing about how I feel. And then now people will be like, your comics, you know, they brighten my day and they really lift me up and I, they make me feel less alone. I think that's like the biggest um, response I get from people. And I would say that's one of the most fortunate things about, uh, the year 2020 is people want to feel less alone. And I think my comics help them do that. So now I'm worried, like, if I'll still be relevant, you know, I'm like, oh, no, what if the world moves on? But I'm just going to just going to yeah. chill. And take yeah, it. yeah. No, I, I, I think that's interesting that you don't always feel comfortable now, even though an outsider might be like, oh, well, she's established. She has over 100,000 followers. She's got Patreon, like all these, she's been in magazines, she's, you know, et cetera, right? But I think that's, I that's like stuff you wouldn't hear unless you talk to you personally. And I like that a lot. And and it, it's relevant to your comic as well, <laughs> your diary comic. <laughs> um, so was there a moment that things really started to change for you? Uh, yeah, I would say it was the 100 day yeah. comic or the hundred days of comics like people really responded because before that I'd sort of made the comics like hyper precisely with a brush pen and like everything was shaded like you know this yeah like Fabergé egg it was like per perfectly rendered um and then for the hundred day I was like I gotta make comics fast and then people liked those more than the two years of the stuff that I'd made <laughs> and I was like ooh ah um, but then I just kept doing it and a hundred comics later, I was like, oh, it's sort of, that was like, the pace is a little too fast, but then I morphed the traditional painting of the first two years with like the total sloppy painting of this. And now it, it like has a new style has emerged, which is like clean and nice, but also not hyper labor intensive. But I would say things changed then people were really receptive to it and I gained a lot of followers and it was just like, I made a hundred day, I published a book after that, like self-published it and then people bought it and I was like, whoa. I have a copy. Ooh. <laughs> I signed copy from you. <laughs> yeah, you got it from me at TCAP. Well, I, I, yeah, I've been following your journey and absolutely love it. Can you, maybe for somebody who uh, hasn't read Underpants and Overbites, can you describe who Jackie in the comic version is? 
and how she is tied to your diary and you and all that jazz? Oh, sure. Uh, so Jackie, as the comic, is like, she's very round. Oh, well, she's like an oval. She's pink. She wears glasses, but they don't have a bridge across the middle. So some people just think those are her like double eyeballs. And I don't know why she doesn't have a bridge. But I think it's because she doesn't have a nose. Um, she looks a little bit like a minion, but like not a minion because they're different and probably like trademarked or something. But uh, yeah, she's cute and squishy and has skinny arms and skinny legs and spiky brown hair. And she's kind of dorky. And when she lifts her arms up, her belly button shows and uh yeah she's she's really just like me but in cartoon version and i think her voice would be a little higher like hey hey guys what's up because i pictured her like a little smaller because she's on the paper but yeah that's pretty much it and so but uh, also when you are making comics they're very personal about your life like how is that tied to you, I guess? Oh, I mean, they're like 100% about my life. Um, and honestly, art has been one of my like oldest, it's one of my oldest companions. So Comic Jackie is like an extension of me. And when I'm drawing, it's like I'm playing with her. And mm. sometimes when I'm really down, it's like, it's like she throws me a tiny life preserver and then when she's down I throw her a tiny life preserver and then we can kind of draw and hang out and grow together. Like she shows me more things than I ever would have known about myself because it's sort of like drawing through a mirror and then coming back. So is it fair to say that I guess you've both grown from this experience <laughs> just oh, from definitely. the that's nice. Well, and that's I like I, I feel like I can also tell that just by reading your comics. Um, so what is what is I guess we kind of touched on the dream that you're pursuing, but like what is the ultimate vision where you're in that state where you're totally comfortable look like? Um, I don't think that state exists. Yeah. <laughs> like I think no matter how successful I get, I'll be like, oh. I don't know, like, am I an imposter? Who am I? Am I going to make rent next month? Like, I mean, I hope to, you know, have savings and buy my 50-year-old self some savings bonds. Uh, hypothetical, because they're not as useful anymore. But um, I don't know. The end goal is just to keep making comics. And honestly, I've taught a little bit, and I really, really like that. And I just love how much my comics blend like who I am when people meet me they're meeting the comic and then when I'm teaching about comics I'm also teaching about mental health and being alive and all this stuff so really just like affecting more people and you know a steady income would be great well okay so how long did it take for you to get income I guess from from this comic I would say at least two years, probably three, three oh. years of like no pay. Um, yeah, I remember one Thanksgiving, I think like two Thanksgivings ago, I made like $20 on Patreon. My cousin, she was like 12. She was really sassy. And she was like, you make $20 a month? 
that's only like $240 a year. I like, I make more money than you. And I was like, oh. and it was true. And it was just like, yeah, the numbers were pretty bad. Like my hourly would be like a dollar an hour at the most. And now it's sort of changing. The more I do it, the more established I am. But like, like now if I make a comic for a magazine, I can also put it on Patreon and I can also sell the original of it. And so that's like using it three times and then I could put it in a book and that's four times. But before it was just like a one-to-one ratio of like, I made a comic and then it gets like 30 likes. And I was like, okay. And then I just went back and did it some more. So that's the part I don't understand, like how, how anyone could do it without really low standards of right. like well, you, you dietary your, needs. Right. But how did you, so you had savings before and, and Pat got his teaching job and had medical insurance, but how do you go three years um, without, you know, finding that financial security and still like push yourself to keep doing it? Well, like two years was in coffee. So that was covered. And then uh, one year okay. was like without pay. And that was like the in-between year. And oh. Pat was like, okay, you, let's say you have until, you know, 20, some month of 2019. And he's like, and then at that month, we'll decide if it looks like it's working out or not. And then by that month, I had like, I was making like, I don't know. 800 a month on patreon or something like that and then he was like oh looks good you know <laughs> hey, hey 800 a month on patreon is no joke that's a huge amount because there's there's like so many uh artists and comic book artists that make like 34 dollars a month on patreon how do you manage that like is it because you give super exclusive stuff away on patreon are people like specifically paying you for stuff or is it they're supporting you because they love your work regardless. I mean, I got to hustle. I got to hustle for that Patreon money for sure. I do a, a whole extra comic a week on Patreon. So sometimes I'm just putting like reposts on Instagram. But it's really cool to have Patreon as my platform of income because there's an illusion with social media that's like, I mean, there is a certain amount of money that could be sort of like distilled from a really great comic on Instagram. Like if, if you know, it gets a hundred thousand likes or something, then probably people bought prints and some other thing. And I mean, I've never gotten a hundred thousand likes, but there's also a lot of like post on Instagram and then like nothing happens. And it's like, Oh, I just spent like 20 hours of my life and that's $0. And so Patreon's cool. Cause it's like a smaller audience. I feel more comfortable testing out more emotional stuff. People are more supportive and I'm getting paid through that. So I don't know. I love it. So, but you've also got, you mentioned other revenue streams you have, you sell the originals, you like give up your babies, I guess. <laughs> I do. Yeah. And, and like for years I didn't sell the originals and I would be like, or I would be like, Nick, how much would you sell this for? And he'd be like, I don't know, 40 bucks? And I'd be like, $40? Like, this is my soul. And then now I'm like, yeah, like, these originals are like litter, you know? Hey, I mean, well, you produced like 
a <laughs> hundred of them a year, right? So yeah, I would, yeah, probably at least, um, and or you know, like a hundred pieces of something to sell. So yeah, they do kind of pile up, but um, yeah, the money I make now is that's like the one thing about digital stuff that maybe those artists are missing out is like originals exist. And if you can find someone that's interested, then that's some, that's some good money. You can charge way more than a print. So what do people do with your prints? Do they like frame it and put it up in their living room or something? Cause they're, yeah. they're like a full comic, right? They're like what? A full comic. Yeah. I mean, I made the mistake of making the hundred days the 100 days of comics, each panel is a different piece of paper. So I just have like a mountain of paper that nobody wants to buy because to frame a comic, you'd have to have like this super complicated, enormous frame and then mat it in like 10 different ways. So now I try to make the comic on individual, like I try to make a whole comic on one piece of paper, even if it's like 20 frames so I can sell it. So that's a loss. You know, I only had to do it a hundred times to figure it out. But uh, I don't know. I think people hang them up in their office. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, give them to people. Uh, you also mentioned books that you, do you have plushies? I'm just wondering. Do you have like a potato plushie? Ooh, I do not have any plushies. Honestly, I'm a little hesitant of the plushies because it's like, the Simpsons as 3D characters have always unsettled me. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, maybe if it was one of those like printed on the front, it was like a pillow yeah. shaped like my comic, that would be okay. But it seems weird to have it be like 3D with like the eyeballs that poke out. But yeah, I, yeah, I just haven't, I haven't, I don't have t-shirts. I haven't really like hit that level of demand where I'm like oh dang you know I gotta tap into this new market it's like eh. fair enough maybe fair enough. maybe sometime I'm still thinking back to kind of your journey did you get a lot of advice from other people where they're like oh you should do this like obviously Nick gave you a lot of advice but did you ever get like a lot of advice where you didn't follow it mm. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I think I could only hear what I was capable of hearing anyway. Like, I just was so determined to create my own thing. But I honestly can't really think of that much advice that I did or didn't follow. I mean, Nick gave me a ton of advice about, like, how to write comics, um, how to, like, chill out about comics, maybe to try new things with diary stuff but at some point we sort of diverge because I write diary comics and he writes gag comics yeah. and so I would be writing about like relationship stuff and then he'd be like this would make it funnier and I was like yeah but that's not what happened and then he's like eh. and we're both like eh. sorry man like I just got to write it my way but starting out I mean a lot of the advice was just like good luck. Like, it's not advice, but it's like, ah, let's see what happens. And, um, it, so, I think it's, so what advice would you give someone else now who's like, 
you know, I've, I'm doing this comic thing on the side. I have a little bit of a following growing. How do I take it to the next level if this is what I want to do? Um, I would definitely say, you know, like, you have to commit to it. Like, you have to set constraints and deadlines because if you only draw when you feel like it, you might not draw that much because that's the boat that I'm in. That's, like, my schedule. Like, I work from 8.30 to noon, and then I work from 1 to 4, and then I don't work past 6, like, you know, so that I can, like, stop working and be a regular human being. But, yeah, some days I don't, I mean, some days drawing feels like, like, tearing my own skin off. Like, it's so hard to draw. Just, like, moving a pencil, I'm like, I'll just be like, but I'm like, okay, I have to do it. And then I, I just have to, like, push through that and through it and through it and through it forever. And that's why I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to feel like I've made it because it's always going to be some new thing that, is like this is so hard and I mean it's so fun but it's like a roller coaster and that's I think a lot of people starting out are like oh my god that seems so fun to draw cartoons all day and it's like it it is but also there's a lot of parts that aren't fun like a lot of you know I've had things haunt me for or like an order needs to get shipped out and it just haunts me for like a week and I'm like you know what I'm gonna do instead of shipping out the order I'm gonna write an amazing comic and then 10 hours later I have neither because my comic's terrible and the order hasn't been completed and it's just a lot of like exhausting mental things and so I would say like buckle up if uh if you're starting out because it's really fun but you know you're your biggest obstacle and that's it's really hard to not have that obstacle because when I worked in coffee I could just blame the boss I was just gonna ask did you ever have those nightmare days in coffee that compare to what you're doing now? When you oh, have... never. Yeah. Why do you think that is, though? Because there's, like, good and bad days in any job, career, life, etc. Why is it so much uh, exaggerated now that you're doing something that you love? <laughs> um, I think because, like, in coffee... I definitely had bad days. Like some days I just wanted to like lay down and fall asleep on the ground or some customer would be annoying or I'd have like bronchitis and like be trying not to cough while I'm making a latte. Like, and then I'm like, oh, I should have stayed home. Like that's a really bad day. And also, you know, bad for everyone's health. But now I think it's so hard because no one is going to do any of this but me. And in coffee, at least I could just play with time. No matter how bad it was, my shift would end in nine hours. And then I would be free. Where this is like, you don't send those emails? No one send those emails. Like, nothing goes away. It just, it's, and there's no one to blame. Like, sometimes I, I blame Pat for being home or something. I'm like, you're the one who's distracting me. And then he'll leave and I still don't get anything done. And I'm like, <laughs> It's me. Oh no, I'm I'm the one that's my you, own worst enemy. Do you think it would, if you ever got to the point, would you hire someone to help you with like all the stuff you don't want to do, or is it like it has to be you? I guess. Um. There's yeah. I've had that fantasy of like, ooh, I wish I could just hire somebody, but then I would have to like teach them and get organized and. 
and figure it out. And I mean, we just found out that Pat's not going back to school for the rest of the year. So we'll be in this one, we'll be in this one bedroom till, uh, September, uh, at least who knows how long it'll last, but I am experimenting with hiring him as my first employee. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. He's down for that, I guess. Oh yeah, he's he's down. He's trying to pay off his student loans. So he's like, I mean, we have like the same money, but like conceptually, it's kind of fun to be like, hey, I could hire you. Um, but well, yeah, and also be more productive. I don't know if you do. Do you think that's do you think that's a possibility? Like if if he does like this hypothetical, but if he does like one of those business days a week, you can then spend another extra day doing comic stuff which could build more audience and demand i guess yeah and i think that that is like it's like how do i spend my time and i mean right now honestly terry the task is like i think it could help because i have like i don't even know like forty thousand jpegs like i i honestly don't know they're just resaved in a new format like all the time and swept into this landfill and for like four years it's like i haven't it's like i've been cooking for four years and never did the dishes and so i'm like Pat, could you do my digital dishes and he's like yeah okay and that might be helpful because he cares less so then you know he might be like all right you know like yep we got this the comic about you know the potato and then he like finds all the files. So I don't know. I don't know what his stamina is, but that's the kind of thing where like I can't do it because that's gonna take me like a week, and then I would lose so much yeah. sanity and momentum and everything in the week. But hopefully, I mean, the dream is like that I could hire someone and then it frees up my time, and I'm like Andy Warhol, and all I do is paint, and then I leave. Um, but the reality is, it's gonna take me. 10 times longer to teach someone how to do it first before I get, before I see like the return on that. So it almost seems like a trap because it's like, if you had that now, maybe you could get further, but because it takes so much time, you can't devote your time to it. So you're, you're like in this weird cycle where you're like, you're you're like almost breaking to the next level, but it's so hard because you're in this, I don't know. No, totally. And then I don't know what happens when someone has kids. Maybe they're just like, that's that's how it is. You know, that's what the files, let the files be what they may. And then it's just like, see ya. I don't know. <laughs> well, kids can certainly complicate things. <laughs> um, what is, I guess, what is something that uh, you really want somebody to know about you or your comic or your journey? Um, I would say that I doubt myself every day. So if you doubt yourself, that's fine. Um, but I also work really hard. So then I know that I tried my best. And that that bar is always changing. Like best for one day is different for a different day. But I just keep trying. And honestly, like some days... Like, my uncle, my aunt and uncle, they owned a print shop for 30 years, and they're, like, way cool, and they just retired. And then I think about it, I'm like, oh, I bet they had, like, a really bad 1998. Like, probably. But they stayed in business. And so I think it's really important for me to, like, 
not sweat all the little things. And I remember one time I spelled like supper instead of super. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, like I, I'm a failure. And now like, now those mistakes get bigger. They're like bigger and bigger. And if I spelled super or supper or whatever, I'd be like, whatever, like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go to the post office. So it's cool to like level up, but I, it's almost like I can't grow any faster than I can grow. And so yeah. if anyone's starting out, it's like, just accept that it's going to be, it's going to be a long journey. It's fun. It's worth it. There's a lot to learn. Friends help along the way. And don't, don't be too hard on yourself if it, if it's not working. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> so well, what's, oh. oh, I was just going to say like my comics and my stories, they go so much further than I do. Cause like, I'm just in my house and I draw them and then I'm like, I hope people like them. And there is some feedback, but a lot of it is just like, it's just solitude and it's, it's like crickets. And I'm like, I think people like it. I mean, I just have to keep making it and like trust that they do. Cause if everyone said they did, my brain would probably like explode. If everyone that read it, you know, gave me a comment, I'd be like, I think that's interesting. We haven't really touched on that, but I guess like for me going back to my career in marketing, like uh, the companies I would work for, we we do like focus groups. So I'd be like sitting in a like a one way mirror like room where there's like people at a round table and there's like a moderator asking them questions we wanted to ask so we can like dig into their mind to know what they like and if they like our product and what they think of our brand and all this stuff. And we spent like part of one of my roles was an analyst. Where I'm like just digging through data to figure out what people like so we can create products for them versus you are finding success without doing that. Like every company spends a ton of like into research and marketing to figure out what people like, but you're kind of at the opposite spectrum, just kind of being authentic and people are resonating with that. Do you have any thoughts on like, would you, would you want to spend time and do research to figure out what people like or do you look at other comics to try to try to like understand why people are liking those comics and implement them in yours or is it purely just like you said crickets um i mean i definitely look at what's happening with web comics and like i used to i just oh i remember when i got out of art school i like didn't want to look at any other art because it would like corrupt my own art oh. and then i was just like that that was not helpful. That'd be like not listening to any music if you want to learn how to play music. And I understand where I was coming from, but now I read, you know, tons of comics, see what other people are doing. And I mean, there is a temptation to see what some people are doing. And I'm like, oh, it's so simple. Like, if only I did that. But it's not me. So I just have to, like, make sure to incorporate it into what I make, you know, and trust that if I look at a fun thing that someone makes, oh, like webcomic name is great. And it always ends with like the phrase, oh no. And yeah. I'm like, that's brilliant. Like, look at that formula. If only I could just squish myself into that. But that's just not how I work. Like sometimes my comics are one panel, sometimes they're 30. And, but I can look at webcomic name and like take some of the character design or like the color palette or the floating on the backgrounds and, and fit that in. But I would say as far as like crowd testing things, I'm definitely aware of what resonates. And I mean, I think relatability is probably one of the most mm -hmm. common threads, but 
I think there's this really sweet spot of like relatable, but hasn't really been said before because there are a lot of comics that are like oversaturated. Like I bought a succulent and it died and it's like, okay, like (laughs) I try not to do that. Or like what I thought I'd look like in a ponytail and like what I really look like. And so I just try to think about what do I care about? And and those are the stories. I try not to tell stories to get people to like them. I just tell stories that feel really true to me. And then sometimes people are like, you're weird. And I'm like, I am. But other times they're like, wow, this is so human and strange. I love it. So Is one it, of those things that you have like 500,000 cows? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but someone, like I just posted a comic about being sad and like, it's like subject A is sad, then subject B comforts subject A, and basically it ends with Pat comforting me with my stuffed animal butter rudder. And um, someone commented like, "Like, oh, so nice that your, you know, your hubby is on board with your plushie." And I, I was like, "He better be. This plushie was here. Butter rudder was here way before he was." And their comment was like, "That's how I am with Mr. Nibbles," and like. <laughs> I think I think there's like like Terry, I can't be the only person that has this kind of brain. So I think if I'm just making comics about you know, I get emails from people that are like, I'm forty five and I sleep with my plush octopus and I'm like, Heck yeah, like this is great. And so it it seems impossible to like crowdsource or crowd test something so nuanced as right. like my weird stories. But I like to ask myself, like, if this is important to me, then it's probably important to other people. Interesting. I was just going to ask you, is there a feeling you get or you have when you think it's going to be successful? And is it that important to you think? Um, Is it that important to, like, have that feeling? No, I mean, you just said if this is important to me, it's probably important to other people. Is is that the feeling that you get when you think something's going to be a hit? Yeah, and sometimes when I write a thing, I'm like, I'm like, dang, this is cool. Like, and but it's in this really in between spot of like, I don't like if if I don't know what I'm trying to say, no one else is gonna interpret it for me. Like, yeah. if it's just like weird, no, no one's gonna be like, wow, I love it. This, but if there's like, if it's like my story, but then it's specific and it it can kind of impose on other people's stories. There's like a real a real sweet spot when I write something and then I'm like oh this is so cool and I mean other times people don't like it and I'm like oh but I just try to be like I love it and I try to tell myself the comic I like the least is probably still someone's favorite comic like somewhere (laughs) and then that gives me more oh you know I like to think about it like each of my comics is like saying a sentence and it's like writing a graphic novel, but like one, you know, comic at a time. But it's sort of this idea of like, this isn't the last sentence I'm going to say. So uh-huh. I try to I try to look towards the next comic. And I mean, I try to be in the moment. But when I make it, then I post it. It's like I did what I could. And I just have to like, let it go out in the world and see what happens. And then immediately make another comic, say another sentence. Because it's just going to hold me back if I'm like... What did they like about it? Did they like that I was wearing a blue t-shirt? Should I put on a red t-shirt? Like, it's so easy to 
try to have control, but there is no control. I like that. Yeah, because social media can definitely get you down in those aspects because there's the whole like algorithm, putting it out there, hashtag uses, likes, comments, like shares in your st- like all this stuff. Um, I'm wondering what's so we, we talked a lot about like where you've been and where you're at now. What's next for you going forward? Oh, um, well, I recently signed a book deal with Andrews McNeil. Oh, wow. What yeah. is that? Be? I'm assuming it's your comics. It is my comics. Yeah. I just talked to my editor and ran some new concepts by him. And he was like, sounds great. You know, How like, cool does it feel to say, I just talked to my editor? <laughs> I know. I honestly didn't know he was my editor. I thought he was just someone that I email. And then at one point, he was like someone in like, I don't know, one of the other departments that were like, oh, yeah, like your editor. And I was like, who's that? And they were like, it's that guy. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really cool. It's due July 31st. So that's coming up. Yeah starting to sweat a little bit but it is and it's going to come out in the spring of 2021 um where is it going to be like is it are you majorly promoting it are they promoting it like is it going to be in like bookstores is it an online thing i think it's going to be in bookstores it'll be in or like yeah i think it'll be in bookstores like indie publishers they said maybe target um it'll be on amazon and i think i'm in charge of promoting a lot of it yeah. And so I'll try to think of some new clever campaign with like my comic friends where hopefully they can hey, hey. help me out. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, you said editor. Does that mean that they're editing your comics? No. He is editor, I would say, is more like book guide. Cause like editor does doesn't imply like, oh, you know, this is pretty good, but you can move this over here. Like I think it's I talked to him and he was like, sounds great. Like if you send me a hundred comics, I can help like decide what order they go in. And I was like, okay, you know, that sounds cool. But it's, it sounds pretty like, I'm really excited. And this is a big part of my, you know, you asked what it looks like to be, you know, what I want my successful future to be. And I really want it to be like create complete creative control. That's been one of my biggest goals. And uh, I think that is what I'm, striving for because there's a point where people are like sign here we'll take care of you but then they'll sort of tell me what to do but i've hit a point where i'm signing on with someone that i really wanted to sign on with and then they're like oh my gosh you do you that's a really that's like a really big step that not a lot of people get to experience i think that's really phenomenal congratulations thanks (laughs) yeah and like i mean he was like i mean you we're gonna read it first you know don't do anything too wild in there and I was like you got it but like yeah Patreon's really cool because I get paid to make whatever I want every week and there's like a pressure with that you know of like whoa that's weird but I try to make commissions and like I can't do it man like it's like working in the coffee shop again and I think some people can do it but I just I can't and so it's really fortunate that I've carved out this space for me to um, have my own independence and still pay the bills because I think that's it's really rare. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, and, and I'm happy we're talking about it because it is really rare. <laughs> is is there anything else you'd like to share, kind of, as we wrap up the chat? Um, I don't know. I mean, now I'm like 
how'd I do? I when, just like I just took a shovel and just dug through your mind. <laughs> we got all we got all the gems out. <laughs> oh, there's there's probably still some in there, but uh. Well, there any are there any further gems you'd like to share? Nothing. Nothing super comes to mind. I mean, I just am really grateful for everyone reading my work, and yeah. I think it's super cool that you know you quit your job too, and we're in different yeah, places. Well, yeah. Well, you were also you still are a big inspiration for me because we kind of were on the same path, and like me just watching you kind of like go on this journey, try out all these different things. Like I chose to go to school and kind of that be my path to rely on for the next the next couple of years. But uh, yeah, you've always been a really big inspiration. It's been awesome watching you grow and, and seeing these successes. I'm really happy we're chatting and I get to pick your brain and how that all went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, I don't really know where it's going, but I'm just going to keep making is that part of the like fearful fun of doing your own thing though because if you knew where exactly where it was going would it would it be as exciting oh definitely not i mean that's that's kind of the thrill of it for sure is like i have no idea what will happen even when i wake up tomorrow like but you know having gone on this creative journey helps me be so much more creative with the rest of my life and yeah. i think it's super helpful to like just take a step back and be like, if it collapsed, I would hopefully figure out a new thing. Like I figured this out. Like I just, I'm really trying not to get like comfortable. And I mean, I, I want comfort for like my, you know, mental health, but I really want to push into new territory and write longer stories or a series or like just try new things. Cause it's really tempting to be like, I made it, and then just chill. Yeah, yeah. that's that's for sure. Um, I think that happens to some people. And then, you know, the world changes and they don't keep up with speed, I guess. So mm -hmm. I think that's attitude to have. Yeah. And like, oh, I, I would want to say like diary comics are really hard. I read, oh, I was listening to this podcast one time and they were just making fun of why are autobio comics all so sad and then I tried really hard to like like they were like ha 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 they're so sad that's funny and they're just all about like I went and bought milk and then it went bad and um they <laughs> like I could only email the podcast by signing up for Patreon <laughs> I, I like paid two dollars to send them this message that was like the reason autobio comic artists are so sad is because like you're making work about yourself and then people are judging it and they're judging your work and they're judging your life. And then you're judging your own work. And then the guy just wrote like, cool, thanks. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, Oh, oh no. and their next podcast episode comes out and they're like, we got a spicy email to share with you. <laughs> right. A Rama sad autobio comic artist. But I guess the point there is like, I could have reinvested my time into my work instead of trying to, get people to understand something that you just have to like try and oh and you know anyone creating anything even the podcast even if it's not being nice to autobio comics is like it's it's so hard to be a creator so I have a lot of respect for anyone like hustling out there because you're just conjuring something from nothing and then it takes very little effort for someone to be like that stinks 
Oh, Terry, one time someone said my comics look like inbred potatoes. Oh, no. And I was like, oh. Oh. That's so well, you sad. don't know if they meant it ironically in a funny way. So, But you have to take criticism when you're putting something out there. Not everybody's going to like it. And I've had that experience, too, where I'm like, oh, people will love this one thing that I put out. And then somebody says, like, oh, that's really dumb. And, you, and like, internally you're crushed. But you're like, oh, yeah, like, whatever. I don't care. So that oh, was- yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, and, oh, you know, there's a really funny illusion, too, of, like, if a larger person... You know, there's there is something to be said for being like retweeted or reposted. And then if they have a larger audience, people see your audience, but like or people start following you. But I remember early on, like I had only made a few comics and then I made this one and like Nick reblogged it on Tumblr. And I was like, time to get famous. And then (laughs) nothing happened. And I was like, oh, Dang. And so like, it's like these weird expectations of how you think you're going to it, things are going to get easy for you, I guess. And then when those things happen and nothing changes, you're like, I was lied to my whole life. I thought like Kim Kardashian was going to retweet this and I would become the next. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know why is it Kim Kardashian. <laughs> no, totally. But that's it's like the idea of being vi- or going viral. And I mean, yeah. some people do go viral, but then. I can't imagine that there's much sustainability with it, but I yeah. hope with like, I'm trying to like build a real website. Cause right now it's like this Squarespace ruin. And like, I'm hoping, you know, I finally printed out a shipping label after owning the label printer for like two years. Um, and it was just haunting me. Yeah. That was like, I paid Pat like 20 bucks. I was like, you got to set this thing up, man, get this out of here. I love how you pay him to help you out with stuff. <laughs> well, I try to make it feel like, uh, an actual, well, like, I, I, yeah, like a business. Like I want to like not punish myself, but I want like the reality of paying someone to do a thing so that I'm not just getting him to do it. Like, I want to be like, ooh, but that to me was worth the money. You know, I'm like, this sat in a box for two years. Like, take it, man. What, you know, because you got to connect the, like, the online store to the PayPal to the ship. It sounds too complicated for me. I'm not, I'll make it set up for me too. (laughs) Yeah, like, drives me crazy. And I'm like, just do it. But um, this idea of going viral is like, if, like, I want to have things set up for when my book releases in, like, 2021. Like, I want my website to work. I want to have, like, I don't know, an email list serve. And, I mean, it'll never be perfect. There's There will always be, like, I went on tapas once and then I never went back. And, like, the shadow of a profile is there. And, like, I'm sorry. But um, I, I'm trying really hard behind the scenes to, like, do a bunch of stuff. And so then maybe in the spring of 2021 people will be, like, this came out of nowhere and it's like yeah. no you know you, you don't see so hard for so long <laughs> yeah like you don't see the five years that has like gone into it and I think yeah I think that's really discouraging when I'm starting when I was starting out like I was like I want to be I want to be super successful and it's like okay well you gotta sit down and draw some stuff and it's like and you probably you probably didn't even know what it took to get there and and what you just said is a big reason why I started this podcast because through my journey, there's, it's like the world only tells stories of instant success kind of thing, right? Like the news, articles, YouTube, whatever. It's like 
this person was nobody and now they're amazing. And part of this podcast was to really dig deep and find out how that happens. And what you just said, it takes years of grueling, anxious, not knowing what you're doing for you to reach some level of success. And I'm sure there's people who experience instant success for whatever luck of the draw reason, but I don't think that's a strategy for anybody to actually go and forth and do. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's just not, it really just isn't plausible to have instant success because I had to learn. I mean, like, if someone, there's just so many things. Like, I was in, like, an interview for a magazine, and then I, like, emailed the woman my phone number, and then she never called me. And then I'd emailed her, like, the wrong number because it was off by, like, a digit. And I was like, oh, like, I ruined it. And, like, that was a bad opportunity, you know, like, a missed opportunity then. But, like, I, like, it's, I still work in obscurity. Like, I have the space to make mistakes. Like, yeah, I'm big, big, but I can also just be like, whoops, I messed that one up. Because there's, it's not like, it's not like NASA's on the phone or, like, you know. Like, like, people are calling you every day to work with you. You still have to really put yourself out there. Yeah, and, and, like, the stakes are still so low. Like, a spelling error on Instagram or, like, I lose patrons because my brain melts for a month or something. And it's like all these things that build up to a thing. And so even if someone were to go viral, I don't know if if I were to just have what I have right now, like four years ago, I would have I would have just like hid in a corner, you know, like I had to I had to, I had to work up to it. And I think nobody knows how long the journey is when they're starting out. And I think if people knew they might not go on right. it. And right. if, if you told, like, Coffee Jackie, it's going to take you five years before you reach a state where you are kind of where you're at now, I guess, with coffee, would you be like, you know what, I'm going to go forth and go through those five grueling years? Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, you're not, and it's also, it's not, you don't wait for five years. You have to work for five years. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, Pat, He's so he's like a primary school art teacher for younger kids, but we we both went to school to like make art, and now he is trying to find his artistic voice, and he's he's at an advantage because you know he lives with me, and so he's like, hey, do you have any advice? But he's also at a disadvantage because he has seen like how hard it is, so he's yeah. kind of like, ooh, like I want to, but also this is. The number of times I've seen you cry into a sketchbook is not really selling it for me. That's a really good point. <laughs> All the tears that go into pursuing this type of thing. I, I think that's also a good point. Like his journey would be totally different and everybody's journey to figure that thing out for themselves is totally different because everybody is different, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's like a lot of like cheesy wisdom, but the older I get, the more I'm like, that's pretty good. You know, it's like, you can only be you. And I'm like, right. yeah, that's yeah. true. I honestly feel like that's the, for me, that's like been one of the hardest things to pursue just like myself. Cause, cause like the whole like business career and other stuff, I was pursuing things that I thought I thought would make me happy and feel successful. But I, 
am happiest and like I don't even care about the feeling of success I guess I just care about the happiness part now and then happiness when I'm kind of doing my own thing and animating and coming up with like fantasy worlds and funny characters and things I say and stuff and it sounds really dumb that I'm like my favorite thing in the world is to create a stupid looking character have them say something dumb but that's what I realized is me I guess <laughs> yeah no and it's not dumb it's like it's like passion for a thing and yeah it like when I draw comic Jackie smiling I smile and I'm right. like oh this is the best and honestly for me a lot of happiness is like connection and I feel like making comics has allowed me to like connect with people that have very um you know similar like passion for things like I love comic conventions and meeting new people and webcomic artists and then I can just be like so like life is pain huh and they're like yeah you know like let's go get nachos and then we just hang out and it's like I've known them my whole life because it's like I feel like the Venn diagram of overlap of people yeah. that can do nothing else is like it's so similar and I love I love that about it and it's like to me that's happiness too is just connecting um, with people and hearing what they experience creatively and sort of not sitting on the sidelines and I mean I'm always going to be on some kind of sideline like I don't understand how music happens I'm just like wow look at that neat but uh just connecting with people that understand how, how my brain works because their brain is sort of the same way is really magical and I couldn't have imagined it like five years ago yeah totally and and I also feel like it's refreshing too because from my experience in kind of the business world most people have something on the side that they kind of wish they were pursuing but they haven't uh pursued it as their career I guess you know it's like a, it's like a hobby thing on the side I guess like with you the coffee you were doing coffee as a career and doing drawing did everybody at the coffee shop know you were doing comics on the side type of thing oh my god yeah I would just like show them constantly and then they'd be like oh cool I actually started with drawing them first and then <laughs> I would like post my comics like in the bathroom and then I'd come back from my bathroom break and people would be like we know what you did like you were on you were on your phone <laughs> I was like but yeah, they they knew they knew what I was doing on the side because everyone had a thing on the side like photography or bands or music. And that's also what I love about coffee shops is that they sort of support the side hustle. And it just at, at some point it kind of got in the way, but it definitely was where I got my start because when it's slow, I would like draw my coworkers and different employees. And Nick actually said he saw me like showing people comics before I emailed him and he was what? like oh who is that person like making comics because I would show people like at the coffee bar all the time oh and my then, gosh that's really cute <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then I emailed him and he was like oh it's like coffee person that's cool I love that also it, it's kind of like full circle thing um I have one question. I, I just thought of it now. I've never asked this before. What is your takeaway from this podcast chat? Because I feel like we chatted about so many like personal journey aspects of your life. Do you have any takeaways from just what we chatted about or this mm. having this chat in general? Have you ever really poured out this before in any of your other interviews? Um, I've poured out some of it, but I feel like you like having 
talking to someone with a similar journey is certainly like evokes, you know, you got really good questions. So I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's got like an inside scoop. Um, I would say one takeaway is like, I'm already close to the end of this podcast and I'm like, did I do a good job? Like what happened? Are the, the, the gremlins are going to eat me once this podcast turns off, but I just got to be like easier on myself and accept yeah. that I'm, you know, just telling my story and nothing is perfect. So I'm really just glad to connect with someone. Nice. But, well, I I super love this, and I really hope that if somebody's listening and they don't follow your work, or they do follow your work, they they see kind of how real your journey was and and who you are, I guess, because that's because you know you make a comic, but at the end of the day, you're you, and that's what I guess really matters about the comic too. Um, what you just said is kind of interesting to me because I I I was also on a podcast recently and by the end I was I felt the same way I was like oh my gosh I hope I did a good job I hope I answered all the questions correctly and I didn't ramble on too much and I didn't sound boring like why why does that happen like like for me I super enjoyed listening to you and I brought you on for a specific reason because I really enjoy your work I've been enjoying your journey we kind of went through something similar and I think you're a really cool person but like why why do you feel like that? Because I don't feel like that at all listening to your work. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I think it's just it's just this, like, thing I'm trying to, to shake, you know, sort of this self-consciousness. And, I mean, I think it's really valuable. It kind of scares me to think about how much people can, like, see about me through my work. Like, people will email me and be like, you're this personality type and like have you ever blah 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 and I'm like oh they do know <laughs> and and I mean I think that's just one of my like a big part of my journey is like self-doubt and that's in a lot of my work which is apparent and it's kind of confusing because when I doubt myself and then other people say that they love my work and they love it because I doubt myself and then I'm like my brain just kind of explodes but the more I can curb it and the more I learn about myself in a healthy way I think the the more valuable my comics can become for everyone because yes. I don't think people want to read stuff where I'm like who am I but if I can um turn it into something else then it is um really really valuable and it's like taking perspective on my pain instead of just being like I don't know who who I am and tell me I'm good enough like I, I don't want to make my readers do the work of like you know sort of like bolstering me or holding me up like I want them to relate to me but not like worry for me so Right. I can fit that in. And I mean, I think there's a lot of value in sharing like I don't know if I did a good job because then other people are like wow Neither do I, because there's so much with being adults that's just made up. And the more I learn that, the more I'm like, it's it's very freeing. It's alarming, but it's freeing that nobody knows what they're doing. Everyone's just like a, I don't know, wandering in the dark. And yeah, I like that you said you don't want your list or your readers to do any work because that that makes sense to me. Like I wouldn't read a comic if I had to do mental work to like get to the point or lift the comic artist up or something that 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 
that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I want to make work that's really like authentic and vulnerable, but I want it to be like I want to tell my story, yeah. and then if people want to see themselves reflected in it, that's up to them. Right. And I think right. I think that's what's so cool about it is like I'm just saying like I did this, I do this. Sometimes I feel that instead of making a comic that's like you are this person, you are that person, and then I think people love the option to participate with a mirror or to just look at me through a window. And I think that's cool. I think that's really cool too. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share? I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty much it. This is great. Amazing. Yeah. And I really hope that uh, some people listen to this and feel inspired by you because I definitely do. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast chat, Jackie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Ooh, thanks for having me. This yeah, is great. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're listening and you'd like to follow Jackie's work or reach out to her, you can do so by checking out her Instagram or Patreon or the fancy website that she's making and <laughs> include well, all uh, the... <laughs> That'll be a while, but yeah. That'll be a while. Okay, the, the crappy website that she currently has. And I'll include all those links in the description of this podcast. And thanks so much for listening. And that's all for now. Okay, bye. Bye.